Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Today's show is brought to you by Renault, official car partner of the GAA. With a proud tradition in Ireland, Renault are committed to supporting those who give their everything to the game, both on and off the field. And after another hard-fought road to Croker, they understand as well as yourselves how important it is to enjoy the journey. That passion for what drives you extends to the time you spend on the road. With that in mind, head to renault.ie forward slash GAA for access to special motoring offers exclusive to GAA members. A grain of rice, a grain of rice, is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Murad into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Okay, welcome again, everybody, to another Irish Examiner GA podcast brought to you in association with Renault Ireland. Um, today, I'm joined in the studio by a couple of very special guests, uh, Oshin McConville of our man Cross McGlynn fame. Um, Ray Cosgrove is going to be joining us very shortly to, to give us the view from the blue side. And De- Declan O'Sullivan, all the way from, from Kerry, is up to tell us exactly how he thinks Sunday's final is going to go. And before we get into the into the meteor stuff, uh, we also have a pair of Hogan stand tickets up for grabs to see Kerry in Dublin play in next Sunday's All-Ireland Football Final in Croke Park. To win, all you have to do is go to the Examiner Sport Facebook page and like the competition post. And again, let us know who you're going to bring on the big day if you're the one to pick up the lucky tickets. Uh, I was only thinking last night, Declan, when I was, when I was, you know, when I knew you were coming on, I was thinking, Oshin, you know that. I started Declan's football career like. <laughs> now we were talking about outside about how how my golf like we started golf and Gaelic football at the same time, and my golf has continued to 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 rise and become a little bit better while my football stayed the same. But his football got an awful lot better, whereas his golf actually plummeted. So there might be some kind of a parallel. But um, I I was just thinking, lads, about you know the value of experience. Like in Dublin, obviously having won four of these All Irelands in the last four years, and 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 the the bank of kind of of you know experience that they've built up over that time. And then you look at Kerry and the the inexperience they have, I suppose, coming into it, and just the value of kind of routines in this week or the week leading up to big games. Like what what did you find kind of useful in this kind of time, Deck? Yeah, I think that's a, a huge factor this week. I think uh, Kerry. Uh, you know they lean an awful lot on the experienced players. You know even within the management team, there isn't a huge experience in preparing for an All Ireland final from the management's point of view. So Donny Buckley maybe from that regard uh, would be very important. But the likes of David Moran, Paul Gain, these fellas, this you know the Tuesday night you come in after semi final is really where you want to set the tone here, and you have to go to different levels. You, you need to jump two, three levels in training from a semi final to a final, and you know players especially in an experienced group they have to realize they can't just be happy to be there and be involved in 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 the build-up they have to make an impact in training they have to push guys uh you know it's always well known that you know three or four weeks before a final fellas can lose form and and fellas have to be prepared to put their their hands up so from from Kerry's point of view that's probably a worry because they need to find a big improvement even from the semi-final and You'll only find that in the in the training ground. So Peter Keane, Tommy Griffin, Morris Fitzgerald, those fellas, you know that'll be big ask for them to to get the team really primed and ready to go because obviously Dublin are an autopilot. They know exactly what it's what it's like. You know, Mike, we were involved in a group that played in eight or nine uh, finals, and but by, by the end of it, it is autopilot, and you you know that Tuesday night there's a look in the fellas' eye. And there's unspoken words, but you know you have to, to go to different levels. So that's what I'm hoping that in, in, in the Kerry squad, that realisation is there that they have to push on and, and get to a new level for the final. 
And in terms of that, Oshin, like just just that idea of you know like Declan, like you know that story about was it Dara or somebody had had a depressed day, you know they came in, they were like, okay, let's just put me down for what I said last year, and it was that that sense of familiarity that everybody knew exactly what boxes had to be be ticked because you were there before, whereas it is a brand new experience for for most of these carry guys. Yeah, and it's, it depends how you deal with that. You know, some people you know find it very claustrophobic. I know we played uh, Tyrone in 2003 and I found it a completely different experience than the year before. I just found it, as I say, very claustrophobic. It was it was front page news in the north and it was it was back page news and it was just it was silly. There was a lot of silly stuff going on and uh, there was a real it just, just was a real edge to it. And because it was so parochial, like yeah, so it was so close. Yeah, I mean, like we were literally all these guys going to school together. I mean, I Collie Holmes played in the middle of the field. I was groom's man for him, and you know it was just. Right. I, it, didn't know whether to talk to each other or not talk to each other or do you know what I mean and yeah. you know I just found that very claustrophobic the first year was fresh to us and I think genuinely when, before we played Kerry we sort of we sort of found a, a place where we sort of said listen this is going to happen people are going to lose their minds and let's just embrace it you know as much as we can and try and focus but it was a point that I wasn't even going to mention but Declan's, Declan's 100% right any of the any of the times that I Felt from going from semi final to final, and you know, I've only a couple of experiences from uh, from uh, uh, going in for, to an all Ireland final at county level, but also a couple, I suppose, at uh, at club level. And the the best point is the Tuesday night after you play the semi final because you you know when you go out on the Tuesday night, right? You know who's happy with us being where we at where we're at, and who wants to push it on another step and. You do. You get a real sense of where you're at on that Tuesday night, and if if it's not right, it has to be right for the next night. So, um, but as far as the you know the, the media furore and the, the different things you got, it's probably slightly different now in that it's gone out of the way. I mean, I remember doing interviews even 2002, meeting journalists and sitting down and doing two two-hour interviews in hotels and stuff because that's just the way it was and that's what yeah. you did. And there was that bit of more of more access and. Uh, probably to be honest, even by the time two thousand and three came, that had sort of changed a little right. bit. And and you know, obviously we're talking sixteen years ago. I just changed dramatically since that. I mean, where would you sit, get a sit down interview with a lad anymore? Wouldn't happen. And if it does happen, it, it's it's the usual sound bites yeah. that you know that you. So there's nothing really original to it. So the the media and the things I don't think really perturbs lads anymore because they know that they are protected. Um, they most of them know what they're going to say before before yeah. they say it only maybe in a slightly different way so that's the thing and another thing is is to give gays an idea of the day you know being out at 10 or 5 to 3 you know which is 20 minutes maybe 15 20 minutes you know longer than you normally are out how to conserve energy you know when you're out there you know how to again you know that bit of standing around you know we all have like i mean like you know, we but we all sort of involved in club stuff at the minute. I mean, with the club stuff, you have it down to a T because you know exactly where you want to be at what yeah. time, and you know how, you know where you want these guys in the last wee drill you do. These guys don't have the opportunity to do that that fist pass and drill to get the tempo up. They go straight from standing to the president, standing to the thing, the parade, standing for the for the national anthem to playing a match like the, it's, the it's mental side of that is huge though I mean you need to have little triggers even when you're matching behind the, the band you know you have to have these two or three messages that you're repeating to yourself you know the self-talk as you're doing that because you know the last thing you want to do is your mind get wander, start wandering some doubts set in you know you're looking across the way it's potential markers and you know that's that's a real uh, dodgy time for an inexperienced team so look I'm sure you know the, all setups have gone so professional now that they've, they've all that down to tea, but you know it's certainly an area where if you're not prepared, you could you know it could upset you just before the game. And and even even the, you're talking about the media side of it there. There's issue we were just talking about outside about the like these these really prescribed no the press days like you know that like back back in that day deck when when you were when you were playing like it was a case of all thirty something players were rolled out on a Saturday morning. And, and the management and everybody, anybody who wanted to have a conversation yeah. with the newspaper was there. Whereas now, you know, both Dublin and Kerry, it's a case if you get the manager and you get maybe two or three players, you get one guy that's only for the Sunday papers, you get another guy for a couple of the weeklies, and that's it. And that's your access kind of cut off. So, you know, it's, a, it's just a different, it's a completely different animal now to what it was back in, back in that day. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I started first in 2002, 2003, it was like that. We just wandered around the field and fellas chased us 
around trying to get a few sound yeah. bites uh, and fellas kicking ball at the reporters and that type of stuff. But then it got more controlled. And then, again, under the last couple of times with Jack, we almost saw it as... Um, you know, a group thing again where we actually all made ourselves available again and we were all, you know, in the Breton Hotel and, and the whole panel were made available and it was almost seen as a kind of a bonding thing that, you know, we didn't want to expose two or three guys to the whole hype of an All-Ireland final, that we were going to spread it out evenly. And I suppose as a group we were more confident in ourselves, we were prepared to, to deal with whatever questions were coming in. You know, we were used to seeing ourselves in the media at that stage and, you know, you have to have a certain self-confidence as well that, you know, you, you you know, you can talk about the game and it doesn't have to affect you. And there's loads of examples out there where, you know, some guys come out before games and they talk and they talk well and it gives them that bit of extra confidence and they take that into the game. So, look, I think it's it's much more control now again with social media and stuff like that, but I don't think it's going to have a huge impact, really. Actually, in 1999, uh, we won the Ulster title and we were playing Mies in an All-Ireland semi-final and Brian McLennan and Brian Cannon were over at the time and Brian McLennan had this idea that we would do a press conference and that they would come to us and when we finished the press conference with three players and and the management, we were absolutely scandalised. And <laughs> so much so that the GA made us have a proper media day after that. And right enough, like I, I felt embarrassed, you know, b- being involved in the press conference uh, because we were breaking away from the norm and you're going, oh, f- this doesn't really sit well. <laughs> and you sort of knew that the reporters were sitting down there and they weren't happy with what was going on. And so, like uh, you were sitting, you were sitting up like at yeah, the top table, yeah, and, and fellas yeah, it was were like a you know, like a yeah. Champions League or yeah, you know, yeah, the way the yeah. Premier League players do it. So, he had trailed that in fairness to him, you know. I mean, it was absolutely laughed out the door at that time, but, but that's exactly where we're at now. So, Dublin were doing the press conference and naming their teams at what quarter eight on a in this scale on a yeah. Monday morning, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know. So, we people have tinkered and and but like teams now do what they want you yeah. know what I mean they're setting the tone they whereas, dictate, yeah. whereas it's the actually, GA it's, and the media had done before it's almost the case now if you're asked to do the media it means you're not probably not playing you know you, you often <laughs> see that with teams now yeah. that the, the guys who are speaking the week before the game even if they're named on the team are likely the last minute changes and they're, and they're sitting down watching the game so I think it's probably gone too far in that direction or the, or the sponsorship stuff you know the, the, the endorsement stuff like if, the, if it's the endorsement stuff it's usually a, an injured player the, yeah, you know, yeah, like it's. Yeah. I remember Tom Parsons, like me, me rolled him out, like when he was injured, must have rolled him out for about five different sponsorships. Nice for Tom, but like, uh, yeah. you know, for I think people had heard everything that that's easy yeah, had to say. Yeah. Uh, and and just before we kind of get off it, like, was there was there just specifically in that week deck, like, was there stuff, you know, was there anything that you used to always kind of go to on the week of a big game like that in All-Ireland final or whatever, something that you used kind of maybe to, like I even thought of, you know, we, we used to sit together on the bus actually in that, and, and like those small little routines, like I remember Tom and Aidan Mahoney, you sit in the front seats on the left, myself and yourself in the back, and, and there used to be Finnerty and a couple behind us, and like those, all those small little kind of routines like bring a kind of sense of comfort to the whole thing and, and, and familiarity you know was there was yeah, there think, stuff that you used to go back to I think uh, it kind of starts really you know your your game preparation as the, the Thursday night or the last training session those little chats you have as a forward unit you know you're talking to the Gooch or Paul or midfielders I used to always have a thing, you know, uh, that, you know, for the throw-in, that I'd always make myself available for the midfielder if we wanted to, to get an early touch, take my man on a referee left and give a free very early in the game. So I'd try to make myself available, have this thing, I had it with Tommy Griffin for, for a long period, where he'd give me the ball and I'd just drive at my man, try win it, try win a free early on. So you're having these discussions on the Thursday night, and just so you're comfortable yourself that you know what's, what's coming, and then really I retreat into my own bubble, um, you know, stay away from from as many people as possible really you know you're not going out um, talking about the game in your head to, to pe- randomers really beforehand and you, you nearly the game played before you ever start and you're and isolating yourself a small bit and just going for a few walks visualising is a huge part of it so you're visualising stuff that you want to do you're, you're visualising stuff that what if this happens now if my man from centre back gets on a break and he tears up the field and kicks a score how am I going to react and that's that's a huge thing trying to prepare yourself to react in the right way and you want to have your body language right, and, and, and all that stuff, you, you, you can control yourself, and you have to do that work yourself, and then it all kind of flows in when you when you meet as a group then on a Saturday morning hitting for Dublin. Really love that part of it. Everything was laid out in front of you. You're having those little discussions. You're switching off. And as you get older, obviously, uh, you're, you're a bit more experienced. Um, and then, like you say, it's all about routine then. Uh, get up early in the morning, uh, whoever I used to, to, to room with, 
uh, I'd say it used to annoy the hell out of them, but I get up early, go away for a walk, uh, and just chill out in the morning of the game, and then you know sitting with the right people, sitting in the dress room, you know, in the, the, the usual places, going into the warm up area yourself, having a few kicks, all the time, you know, self talk, visualizing, and then you're just priming yourself that you know that first ball really. I think as a forward, probably as much as anything you want to get your hands on the ball early and you want to make a positive impact in the game. And once you do that, then it kind of flows and you know, all that work and all that prep you've done as a group will, will hopefully come out. Yeah, anything, like we, we had a couple of fellas on that train where always the tea bag drawers, you know the guys that they take the wet tea bag out of the thing, next to you get lumped with a lovely white polo shirt like Kerry, just out of the wrapper, and you get <laughs> smashed with a, a wet tea bag. It just destroys about a foot and a half of stuff. And, you know, that always was stuff that used to break the tension and break the, you know, the nervousness, I suppose, that would always be naturally there. But would you get your first taste of what it's like as well? Because, you know, people knew we'd be going on the train in Killarney and you'd have supporters coming around in that colour and you'd get that shot of adrenaline hitting on the train. And I always felt that, um, you know, once we got on that train, uh, Eamon Fitzmaurice had a, had a brilliant tagline uh, in 2009, you know, that... We boarded the train in Clarny and we travel with a spirit that won't be broken, you know. And that's the kind of close bond that you have then when you when you get together on, on the, the weekend of an All Ireland and uh, it's important the fellas feel comfortable and, and confident in that bubble then going going to going to Dublin. Just like that, you know, one of the things that used to make me feel comfortable was that sitting on the bus and making sure I was sitting the same. We used to have four seats uh, facing each or two face seats facing each other, and See, that's a fancy bus. No, we didn't yeah, have, no, we didn't have we, that kind of we stuff. We used to, we used to not to get that until we actually got somewhere. Like if we were <laughs> heading for Dublin or something, we used to never get that when we were going through Ulster. But uh, once we got to that stage, I always made sure I was sitting. Like Tierney used to always sit in our place, and like he just. He just talked basically. None of us had to use up any energy whatsoever. <laughs> he just talked from one end of the day to the other. But you're talking about little things to break the tension. You know, I remember uh, semi. Uh, the, all, I'm not sure if it was all in semi final or in a final in 2002. But uh, Benny Tierney come down, to <coughs> come down to breakfast with uh, his bag and like he's saying something wrong with this bag and he opened the bag and Justin and Andy McNulty had about 25 kettles you know kettles from every room that we had had put in the thing and that was just breaking the tension but the one thing about the two boys is they just dumped the stuff out they hadn't you know so he had to go and try and find his boots and all but uh, me and Stevie as well we used to go down for, we used to go down for breakfast before anybody else got up we used to get up early and go down for breakfast and get a proper breakfast before We'd have to eat, like, no, who wants to eat chicken and pasta at half 11 in the morning? Like, that yeah, used to kill yeah, me. We yeah. used to go down and have a proper breakfast. So then when we came to that, we just say we weren't that hungry, you know. So, uh, but it used to, it's just a routine. It's just one of those things, yeah. you know. And it, yeah. it wasn't even about the breakfast. It was just something that you did. Even I don't know. It was just... It just makes you feel that little bit comfortable. You're doing your own thing. It's time you know, management as well, isn't it? You're trying exactly. to manage the time just to get yourself to Crow Park, really, and that's, and that's the big thing. Like. And John and Tony McIntyre used to sleep on the way from the city west to Crow Park. <laughs> sleep. I'm gonna have, my, I, my head's about to fucking explode with everything that's going on, and they're just laying back. They're just laying back and just <laughs> sleep. You know, and that's just. And it didn't matter what game you were going to, how big the game was. You know, you're going through, uh, going up Jones Road, and there's people banging on the side of the bus. I'm people who've been obviously drinking from nine o'clock in the morning, but <laughs> they're banging on the side of the bus, and the two boys are. But it is. It's amazing you know, how different people. Like I remember, I was sitting at the top of the bus, but Dara Shea, maybe Tomas was sit behind, and you could hear Dara Shea grinding on the, the the plastic of a bottle of water, and he just grinding it and grinding it, and he looked out the window, and I remember him saying, "One one stage going to one of the games, wouldn't it be great to be a man there just." Chilling out, having a pint, and you know, and it's it's. I, I felt that myself. The order you get, yeah. it's like Jesus. You know, can I deal with this anymore? You, you realize the significance of it, maybe. So maybe that's an advantage Kerry have going to this. They have so many young guys that maybe uh, the expectation isn't there. Maybe they'll just go and 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 they won't realize the significance of it, and they just they just play. But yeah, it's incredible to see how different fellas deal with 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 the yeah. whole occasion. It's very individual, like isn't it? Yeah, and it it's is, just yeah. like the experience, like you're saying there. It, it certainly can be a help. And then also at times it's a hindrance because you know what's coming and you know the pressure that you're about to face. But I mean, getting jumping forward, I suppose about twenty years or fifteen years anyway, as to these to these current crop, like where, you know, in a very general way to start off, like where are the are the couple of really crucial areas that you see this game being won and lost for for either side of Sheen? Me for me, it's the it's the it's the Brian Fenton thing because. Um, you know the Jack Barry thing is yeah. like 
will Kerry play Jack Barry on 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 Fenton? That's that's what, what that's the first question I want to know. So if you if you were Peter Keane, what would you do? I can't see how. I can't see how he can, to be honest, because he, Jack Barry's no football under his belt at this stage, and I find it very, very difficult to play him. But then all all uh, Keane has to do is he has to look at it and say, "This man's completely wiped him out now in what two, two and a half games, whatever it is, three, three games maybe, yeah." yeah. Um, and you know, how do you completely ignore that? And and that's the big conundrum for me, whether they whether. I know that's probably not as general a point as you want as you want, but I think that's a big bearing on what goes on. Because if 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 Kerry put all those eggs in Jack Barry's basket and it doesn't quite happen for twenty five minutes, it's game over for me. You know because Brian Fenton is the one player like that. The last day when when Cluxton was struggling with a couple, you know, just bang him out on top of him. We won two three balls in the middle of the field makes a huge amount of difference. Huge amount of difference. Yeah, the Brian, the Brian Finton, uh, Jack Barry discussion is really, um, you know, Kerry wouldn't want to fall into the trap thinking that Jack Barry is definitely going to nullify Brian Finton. And uh, it's a dangerous talk. If Brian Finton is listening to this talk uh, over the last couple of weeks, I'm sure he's going to be annoyed uh, and he's going to be able to prove a point. But I think the evidence for Peter Keane is, you know, Jack Barry has done well in the past. And I think the, the crucial factor for me is that I think he has to play him because... Okay, Ocean, you said it's the Brian Finton factor, but I think it's a whole middle third factor. And Kerry need to be able to dominate. Not even dominate, but they need to be able to compete and, and they need to get bigger fellas on the field. And I think that means Jack Barry starts. And if, and if it's, you know, for me, I think Jack Sherwood starts as well. He starts on Brian Howard. And, and we need to try match up physically and, and, and uh, with Dublin around the middle of the field. So I think from that point alone, I think he has to probably plumb for, for Jack Barry as well. You're, you're blown up half the team. You're, you're making changes. You're making changes all over the place. Um, uh, so Ray Cosgrove has, has joined us to give us the views from the blue corner. So, um, like the Fenton one is going to be interesting, lads. And like Fenton for me, Ray is, is the best footballer in the country. I think. I, I think the guy, like he's just he's just improves every game. We see him. His fielding, his ball playing, his scoring, his athleticism, his leadership. No, like for such a young guy. I just think he's the top of the tree, and if Kerry go with Jack Barry or or go with somebody else, like this idea that he's going to like completely negate Brian Fenton or somebody is is it's probably know, it's a two man job, like you know, it's probably you know thirty, forty, fifty minutes one guy, and then try and bring a fresh guy on to really you know try punch a few holes again, and and, and you know because Brian Fenton is so dominant. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Um, me personally, I think uh, Fenton's the is the, the engine room in the Dublin team. Um, you know, he hasn't lost a championship game here to four. Uh, I heard Declan mention, you know, uh, Jack Barry. I I watched the two of them play Sigerson Cup in in in, uh, in Belfield there a couple of years ago. Um, I agree. I think Kerry are going to have to play Jack Barry for his mobility alone. I don't think Dermot O'Connor or uh, uh, Adrian Spillane will be will be up to the test. To be perfectly honest, um, so. Peter Keane and, and Mars Fitz I'm sure they've done a huge amount of analysis over the last few weeks but one way to stop in Dublin you have to get you have to stop Fento you know if, if Fento gets a run on you if Dublin dominate the middle third you know it's going to be hard to stop Dublin because they've got such power up front uh, such a number of forwards Fento is key and I think he's going to take some serious stopping on Sunday Yeah and sorry and it'll, it'll be like it's just going to be like it's going to be a, that's one fascinating matchup but like there's so many I mean the two the two areas I suppose of particular interest are those Kerry forwards and, and you know your, your Paul Ganey your David Clifford your Stephen O'Brien uh, Gillian Splann has done well in, in the couple of games Sean O'Shea obviously like that that kind of four or five bodies against you know Paul Mannion Conor Callaghan Brian Howard Scully you know they're just they're, they're Kieran Kilkenny obviously like both of the forwards, you're 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 you know you're heavy on forwards on both sides, and it's going to be which defense is able to kind of cope with those guys depending on on on, on that ball in the middle of the field. And I don't know, Sheen. Like I mean, have you seen much of an improvement in those carry backs or that carry collective defending from from the start of the year uh, to now? I definitely thought they were a little bit better second half the the last day. Um, the, the 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 matchups, I think for uh, Kerry is absolutely crucial. Um, Tom O'Sullivan has proved to me to be 
uh, a man marker, which I didn't think he was. I thought he was just he was a gay who who got give you a lot going the going the opposite way. Um, was a decent enough defender, but you know was more about being on the front foot than uh, getting into the attack. Um, but when you look at Dublin, I can't see any. I'm not sure if there's anybody in that Dublin forward lane that he is capable of picking up. To be honest, uh, he he's like if you look at what he's done, like he's he's picked up um, Jamie Brennan and he's picked up Peter Hart and he's done unbelievable jobs on them. Uh, I think Peter Hart had something, had something like four touches in the game. Yeah, four touches. Uh, yeah, like that's that's a mad stat, really. Uh, he's done a really good job there. I'm not actually sure who's fit to pick up. I think just Mannion, Conal Callahan, Dean Rock. I mean, I think Foley is like, you know, just looking at uh, Declan's matchups here. Uh, I've had a good go at them there. But uh, Jason Foley is probably ideal for the likes of Dean Rock. Um, Keg Morley has to pick up Conal Callan because he's the only one who would have the physicality to do that. After that, lads, I'm really, wor- I'll be really worried about I the mean, Kerry I mean, from, from Kerry point of view and from a management point of view, you're, you're, you're looking at some of the matchups and you're hoping rather than yeah. expecting, you know. So I'd agree there to a certain extent. But I think Tom Sullivan could do a job on Paul Mannion. You know, I think he's he's athletic. He's really tight. He's shown himself to be a real tight marking uh, when needs to be. I had him underage, a few teams involved, and he's a real good tight defender. And uh, I think the, the fact with Paul Mannion is that he's such a shooter that you need the pace to be right with him when he gets the ball because if you're half a yard off, he gets a shot away so quickly that you have to be, you have to have pace and Tom Sullivan has pace. So I think, you know, he, he could potentially pick up uh, Paul Mannion. But you look at Tyg Morley and Conor Callaghan, that matchup, you're hoping, you're hoping there really, but you're hoping that Tyg will have the strength to, to, to hold up Conor Callaghan un, until such time as a bit of help comes. But, you know, it's not a great matchup for Kerry probably. Decent preparation against McShane the last day. Like, you know, when he did go in at McShane, I thought he changed things. He did, he did I really thought that well. was a good yeah. switch. I thought Foley for Teg Morley, I thought that was a good switch. And I thought, uh, and physically, I've seen Teg Morley. I've seen, you know, we'll revert back. I know we're going back a bit now. Uh, but I'm doing this for, for Kerry's uh, perspective um, and to give some hope to Kerry people. But remember the day that uh, that Kerry beat Dublin, sorry, in the, in the league final? Yeah, yeah, and I know Shannon was playing one corner. Teg Morley, I think, was six, uh, but physically, Teg Morley wasn't backing down that day, you know. And but he had a bit of help around him. I'm just not really sure if he has that help. But as long as he doesn't get completely isolated in that full back lane with him. To be fair yeah. to Teg, he's he's resilient though. Like he's a good, real good head in him. You know, all the reports. Uh, he he wasn't in the squad when I when I was there my last year, but he came in shortly after, and all the reports are that he's a great team player really resilient uh, will hang in there you know won't get over get phased if Khan gets a bit of success early on from him he'll dig in so you know he, I think he's the right mentality but you know Khan has just been in fantastic form so you know it's it's you know it's going to be really difficult. hard to plan for somebody who you know is going to go for you every time yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean there's, there's forwards out there who you know who who, who maybe be happy to, to take a step back off you and kick, kick a point he take a step back off you and have another go at you. Yeah, you know and, I mean, and that's that's the thing with those matchups, lads. Like realistically, Ray, those forwards, like you're not going to stop those forwards one on one. Like you, you cannot ask Jason Foley or Tyg Morley or Tom Sullivan individually one on one in thirty yards of space to go and stop these guys one on one because but we'll Mike, be seeing more more green flags than blue. You'll have to though, Mike. There will be situations with, with Dublin. You have to, you know, as a back, that's the mentality they'll have to have. They'll have to fight their own corner. If anything else comes, any other help comes, so be it. But they're really gone if they think that you know there's going to be help around them all the time. It's impossible in Crow Park and the way Dublin play. They'll have to fight their own battle as well. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, you know, boys, just just me, you mentioned like the two lads, Con and and Paul. You know, they're two contenders for Football of the Year. Mm. Um, no matter who locks onto them on Sunday, they're going to have their hands full. Mm. Uh, as O'Sheen said, all Con wanted to do the last day was run at Leroy. He ran Leroy into the ground every time he got the ball. He'd goal on his mind. Uh, and being a Tyg Morley or whoever picks him up, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be thinking all the time on his toes. Um, and Paul, like Paul, kicked five points from play the last day. I know Paul since he, since he's a young lad, but the five points that he kicked the last day, it's not as though Brandon Harrison was giving him no. lots and lots of space. He just gave him that fraction, yeah. and Paul just pulled the trigger. And he's in that space now that once he wins possession, 
he'll pull the trigger and his shot efficiency has improved dramatically like his percentages are way up in the 80s uh, I'd assume without know, knowing the stats behind it um, so yeah it's you know we, we're, we're bypassed any conversation around Dean Rock you know Dean was instrumental in the semi-final his free taking was massive and kept Dublin in the game and if Dean produces anything like he has done in the past and other previous All-Ireland Finals Dean will chip away with a couple of points yeah. from play as well so you don't want to be too dismissive of Dean but it's um, just a better matchup for Kerry yeah. Jason Ford he's such speed I think yeah. Dean Dean struggles a small bit with speed yes. and I think if Jason no it's a big ask Jason is his first final obviously but he has that speed to deny yeah. Dean ball which you know could be important yeah of all the matchups that's probably the least worried to be from a Kerry point of view yeah. is that, that Foley uh, Rock one and and like while like Dean Rock is and the free taking lads is obviously going to be a big part of it and and, and the guy is unerring like from from place ball and he's always he's going to tip him with two or three points no matter who's working marking him but he's he's not like the other two are going to kill you like he, he he'll hurt you but the other two are, are capable of killing you and and the other side of the ball then in terms of Dublin's matchups with those carry forwards I mean you know like Clifford it's going to be the same thing really I, I think I know Dublin's guys with Johnny Cooper and these fellas are more experienced and they're more battle hardened and they've, they've probably a better idea what they're doing defensively but the way Clifford and Ganey and these guys are going now Stephen O'Brien is playing football of his life they're still going to put up a big enough score and it's going to be interesting to see how, how Dublin match up with those guys yeah certainly you know Jim has I think stuck to the old routine I think the boys were down in Doombeg two weeks ago so they will have done a huge amount of analysis on the carry attack Um I think Johnny Cooper will probably uh, pick up Paul Ganey from a physical perspective. He'll probably be able to match him. Mick Fitzsimons, you know, I only realised he started the All-Ireland Final in 2011 and he, and he marked the gooch. So he probably will, will, might, might pick up uh, Clifford. Um, but, you know, they're, they're so transferable. You know, one could yeah. pick up the other. I'll put, I'll put out a bold statement here, fellas. I think Johnny Cooper's the best footballer, best defender of the country. So, whoever Johnny marks on Sunday, they're going to have that. You know, they're going to earn whatever they they, they get. He is an absolute dogged defender. Um, you know, he's like a pit bull at your. At I your remember knees. I came on in Killarney one of my last years playing, and uh, it was his first year with Dublin. I came on late in the game. They were beating us by nine or ten points the same day, and he was only a slip of a guy. Yeah. But his attitude, his mm-hmm. his intensity, and I was there like in my own head. This guy needs to calm down a small bit here, you know. It's, 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 it's but you know, I, I underestimated him a small bit. You know, that, I think that's what he brings to the whole group, Dublin. I think even in training, I'd say he's a real serious operator, driving the standards and driving the intensity in training. But he left a lasting mark on I me mean, that day. Just his, just his intensity and everything he was doing that day was really, really good. So you know, you can see why he's developed into the, the player he has. Yeah, like his leadership around the place uh, is is a real telling factor. Like he's he's a driving force behind that the, the the six backs as a unit you know he orchestrates everything that goes on I'm sure at half time when all the talking has been done from a defensive perspective Johnny is, is the main man you know calling the shots um, but even the analysis this Dublin team it's very much player led and you know the, the guys go off they'll have done their own personal analysis on the carry attack and they'll know you know what foot each lad kicks off so they'll have their home would they get done. a say in who they, who they mark do you think oh absolutely yeah, yeah. They, they drive themselves they'll be saying listen I fancy picking him up mm. or whoever um, yeah they, they, that's that's really progressive in yeah, fairness big it's time and that's something that, that kind of Jim leaves to the players uh, I know from talking to guys in the past you know they'll say yeah well, you're getting a bit of a trim and why not I'll go over and, um, and nullify him so they do take on, onus, uh, ownership of it themselves I think that's a massive factor that, yeah, that, that's been instilled in this Dublin team that's massive, you know. What is Jim doing then? Is he just there <laughs> <laughs> driving the bus? Is he just yeah. wheel? Is, is he just there for the sound bites after a match? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that is it. Is that is interesting though? Like that. That is, you know. Now I'm sure. I'm sure the guy is giving direction on, on what I think is is the right way to go. But like these guys now that are creating this kind of an environment for players to really take that ownership is, is the way the whole thing is, is kind of going now the only thing is if about four or five and come back and say I'll, I'll take Killian Spillane and somebody else could take Clifford and, and Ganey but uh, I, don't, I don't see that happening but you, you still see those forwards as good as those Dublin backs are and those Dublin backs are undoubtedly you know, ahead of where the carry backs are right now you still see those carry forwards putting up a, a pretty yeah. decent score don't you and they'll get space and they'll enjoy it I think I think the carry forwards will enjoy it um, I think 
you know, when you consider the lack of space they operated in the last day and still figured it out in the end, I, I think they'll enjoy, you know, the likes of Clifford will enjoy it. Uh, I just think that the decision-making just has to be top-notch now. You know, Clifford, ha- you know, he, he's, I think he's been exceptional, even when his back has been to the wall. spoke to you a couple of times about that, Mike, about, you know, I think the making of him has been when things haven't been going his way and he still pops up and he's still, you know, willing to take that shot on. But uh, I think he'll enjoy it a little bit more, but he can't afford, you know, he just can't. Unfortunately, as a forward, you just can't afford a white. You just can't afford any whites. You need to be nailing absolutely everything, free kicks. Everything just has to go. And Clifford has, you know, physically he's a nice matchup with Fitzsimons. I think Kerry would like that, even though I know Mick is probably seen as a prime man marker there. And he's, you know, he, he's in, physically he's intense and stuff. But, you know, he's not a big man and Clifford definitely could have a big, you know, if he wanders into the edge of the square, he could definitely be a good mismatch for, for Kerry there. And Paul Ganey's good over his head. For me, the question then is, is who do Kerry put in there with them? I think that's that's going to that's really going to set the tone. I think from from a Kerry point of view. And what are you what are you saying there, Dick? That sounded like a leading. That was that was a leading no, statement. No, no, but I mean, um, there's a couple of questions for me in terms of the Dublin defence. Uh, where do they play James McCarthy? I think uh, I think they would like to play in midfield. I think they'd like to get him on uh, David Moore maybe. Uh, and that means there's a space then uh, in, in defence. And if if Kerry, if Kerry throw a wild card like Tommy Welch in there, who's the obvious man marker for Tommy Welch then? And that and that I think that's what you have to do with Dublin. Try unsettle them and, and see. I don't know what you think, Ray. Yeah. Who would be the, the obvious candidate there? Well, you know, it is interesting. I suppose looking at it from a Kerry perspective, um, you know. Everyone will, will, will vast majority of people are saying that the Dublin full back line is the weak link, and if you look at last year's All Ireland final, fellas, the entire full back line will probably be replaced. Philly Mack, Keane, yeah. and Owen Merchant. They're not going to start. Yeah. So from that alone, you're seeing change. So if you were looking to target any parts of the field, you'd be you'd be targeting the Dublin full back line. In saying that, they still only conceded one goal from open play. Declan is right. I think. Kerry going to have to do something a little bit special, a little bit different on Sunday to beat this Dublin team. Um, Tommy Walsh probably is the the X factor. They have to go for broke. I firmly believe Kerry have got to go for broke. If they don't, they're not going to have enough firepower, in my opinion. And Tommy would certainly ask some serious questions of that Dublin full back line. You know, his aerial ability, he's a wrecking ball in the air. His, you know, his use of the ball is exceptional and he's able to you know, kick off both feet. So bringing other guys into the game as well. I think he is a must to start if Kerry going to win. And he gives flexibility as well because he gives that, he gives that other option out, out the field. You know, he did really well against Tyrone coming out, yeah. drifting out in those mm-hmm. pockets of space and being that target guy from, from the kick out because, you know, you, you can talk about the matchups in the full back line and the full forward line, but, you know, who's winning primary ball in the middle of the field is going to have a huge bearing and, and you know, who withstands the pressure the best. And before you get off to Tommy Welch one, is... is, is the league game, remember, in, in Tralee there earlier in the year, and I know, I know it's league, and, and um, when Tommy came on that day, actually, it was interesting that James McCarthy had been playing wing back on Gavin O'Brien, and, and pretty quickly after a minute or two, Johnny Cooper actually stayed on him for a minute, and then they, they realised that wasn't a good matchup, and they, and they put James back there. And if nothing else, like if you're pinning James McCarthy back on the edge of his square, that's that's a that's a kind of a plus for Kerry in that sense, out, you know, outside of anything else that he actually contributes to the game. And uh, I'm not sure, Oshin, where are you on that? I'm on just going to say, Tommy? do you think Tommy Walsh is going to last 70 or 80 minutes? Well, he won't. I don't think so. So I'd be, I'd be taking him on. Because remember, Dublin are getting strong, you know, uh, last 10 minutes of the game. I, 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 would move the, I would try and move them around a little bit. And Kerry have been good at that. I'm not sure who who the answer is at, at the other corner forward. Darren Minan came on the last day. I thought uh, he's more probably a half forward, but I thought he he done really really well. You could put him in there and, and pull the two boys around, play Clifford and Ginny inside together, and I think they could still do a huge amount of damage. Because again, you're going to get the space. They're not going to they're not going to leave somebody set unless uh, Kerry do the same on the opposite side. So I played two boys in, and I'd leave Tommy Walsh in reserve for the last twenty minutes. Come in. Put three, first three balls you get around the middle of the field put them in on top of them but is that the time though you know when late in the game you know should you be putting ball up for grab like 50-50 against Dublin you know they've become actually very defensive I think you know they've, they've, they've managed the game quite well and if they are in a lead and they've no problem dropping 13-14 men behind the ball we've seen them do it in lots of games and if they're three or four or five points up and Tommy's come in and we're, we're just our tactic is to, to lamp ball on top of him 
I think they'll, they'll swallow it. Yeah, but I, I don't think. You see, I, I think I'm in your, your kind of camp with, with bringing Tommy into the game. But you can't bring him into a game that's already gone from you. Yeah, like yeah, he, he's yeah. got to, he's yeah. got to be well, in early no, enough to affect the change. Fairness, yeah. And the big, the big thing, Deck, with Tommy, as you know well. Tommy is not Danny. He doesn't want the ball 10 foot over his head. Like Tommy, as he did against Tyrone, yeah. wants that ball out in front of him because he's got, like he's, I know he's probably not as quick as he was back in 09 before he left, but the guy can still get out in front. And if, runs, yeah. and if he's in front, you're not getting around him. And, yeah. and whether it's like if they try to bring like to Rory Carroll who looked a long way off it yeah. the last day, or they don't have him. a good matchup outside yeah. of James McCarthy. And I think if you're in a game, yeah. if this is a one or a two point game, with 20 minutes to go and you now bring in Tommy no that's your perfect scenario that's from the a Kerry point of view yeah, yeah. but if you're 5 or 6 down at half time and you start lamping in ball up in the air that's Dublin are going to eat that alive I, I still think because of that though even because of the Tommy Walsh factor okay I still think that's why they'll play Dar- uh, Michael Dara McCauley in the middle of the field and they'll still play McCarthy in the back line and if they have to rejig it that's the rejigging whereas it's not a it's not major surgery you know whereas you're taking McCarthy from the middle of the field you're, you're upsetting yourself so I think they'll have that in the back I think Dublin will have that in the back of the I mind. suppose the other thing for me for Tommy Wells to start and look you know there's this there's, there's good cases for everything but if you look through the Kerry team how many of them played in All Ireland final before Tommy Wells has great memories of 9 you know he kicked four points that day, two with his left, two with his right. You know, he's been away in a professional setup in Australia. He's come back. You know, he's great experience. He's temperament for the big day. And like we spoke about the build up, you know, before games, starting well. Dublin haven't started games well, you know, in the last couple of the, you know, the, the, the first half haven't been, you know, their best performances typically come in the second half. So he just gives the Kerry team that extra bit of experience. So look, it's it's going to be difficult. It's a tough one for the Kerry management even, but I'd be leaning towards that day. Yeah, where, where yeah I, I, I'm with Declan on this. I don't believe that without him in the team, I don't think Darren Moynan or Killian Spanner, whoever goes in there, is going to cause that much trouble that's going to really affect the Dublin team. And if Dublin, as Dick said, if Dublin get out of the traps at all on Sunday, and you know if they were to get a couple of goals early doors, Kerry are chasing the game. And like lads, <laughs> you don't want to be chasing the game playing against Dublin because they could they can change the team whatever way they want they could bring Keane in as a sweeper yeah absolutely if if Tommy comes in edge of the square they probably will move James Mack back from the phys- from a physical uh, contact perspective James Mack will love that and he'll be able to break ball with him so I think you know if if you put the cat amongst the pigeons early doors you never know what could happen and I think that's the only hope that Kerry have in my opinion I think late on no more than you know Andy Moore coming on last day against Mayo like he never got to the pitch of the game at all that could happen to the Tommy the next day if the right sort of ball doesn't go in he might get to play he hasn't played a huge amount of football all year lads I think he played against Mead for 20 minutes and the you know the mm. the, the, the bit he played against but Tyrone, you know so. he's such good vibes after the last day though maybe yeah. it's time just to just I to leave him go you know, leave him, leave him off Absolutely. I'm convinced Put him in there. Put him in there. Yeah. No, it'll be. And look, it's another fascinating kind of like, the, like for the forwards are so heavily laden with talent on both sides. Like as always with Dublin and and now with Kerry in the All Ireland final, the impact off the bench is going to be crucial the next day in the last twenty minutes. And like you mentioned, um, uh, Andy Moore in the last day for Mayo, I thought like Andy Moore and these guys, uh, Kevin McLaughlin even for Mayo, they were brought in when the game was over. Yeah. And like Michael Fitzsimons put Andy Moore in his in his pocket and he won every ball that was kicked in his corner. And it was it was too late. And that's the kind of scenario that you you can't have happen. And and to be fair to Peter Keane and and their, the management against against Tyrone they made changes early and they made changes that actually affected the, the course of the game and one of those was Tommy but then you also had the likes of Jack Sherwood coming into the game a guy who's funny coming into an All-Ireland final ads that nobody is mentioning the guy is, is James O'Donoghue like I mean James O'Donoghue has, has had an absolute injury nightmare with about four years and he hasn't played anywhere near the kind of level that he's capable of playing but like, is he a guy who's going to be number 25, 26 on a panel and maybe gets 10 minutes here and, and can affect the game? O'Sheen doesn't look like he's got a face of agreement. Um, and then the other side of it is, is the Dublin guys, the Dublin subs that are going to come off the bench and impact the game. I think the likes of Kevin McMenamin has probably gone back a little bit. You know, Paddy Andrews, Bernie Brogan, they probably don't have the same. It's, it's going to be, you know, Cormac Costello. Uh, and then Connolly is the wild card. Paddy Small, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Paddy's come on in every game. Um, Cormac, you know, started the, he played all all the Leinster Championship Mm -hmm. games, you know, was the the number one free taker, but he's gone back into the pack. We all know what sort of impact he's had on, in all Ireland finals Mm -hmm. uh, over the last couple of years. Cormac was a magnificent footballer. 
and to be able to introduce him later on like off left or right lads he's going to be a handful for anyone to come in and when the game opens up you know Coslo could could really be you know a, a menace um, Dermot is the you know he got in the last day he's obviously back in the, the, the 21 uh, that Jim is going to think about like a month ago five six weeks ago I would never thought that Dermot would be <laughs> coming on or the potential coming on in an All-Ireland final so you know Dublin have a wealth of riches to look to on the sideline if they're chasing a game no more than Tommy you know has Dermot really been at the, the high intensity level that the rest of the lads have, have, have played it all year I just question whether Dermot has you know is he at that level if the game is in the metal, melting pot and the intensity is high as it is. It's grand playing club football up in Dublin all year. Got 70 minutes against Tyrone um, and, a, you know, the last five minutes but against Mayo. He'll take a lot of attention, though, if he Certainly comes will. on. You know, yeah. the Kerry backs, was there, you know, when you keep an eye on this guy. And he may not do a huge amount, mm-hmm. but he might open up a little pocket of space or a dummy run for somebody else. And, you know, he's still going to play a big part, I would say. It doesn't look as if he's going to cut your heart out anymore, though, than he, that he, the way he used to, you know, the way you go down the middle and go for the juggler. Uh, it doesn't just look like that. Actually, I was a lot more impressed with Bernard Brogan when he came on against Tyrone. I know it was a nothing game, uh, but I thought Bernard Brogan looked sharp. He looked, and I just go back to a couple of years ago when Costello came onto the pitch, having played absolutely no football all year and mm-hmm. kicked three points at the end of the game. And yeah. uh, you just wonder is there is there somebody in in that Dublin setup that can possibly do that? And I'm thinking if I see Bernard Brogan's name on that 26, maybe he's the one. You know. Yeah, I just. I think I still think Ber- mm. Bernard Brogan's a better option than Dermot Connolly at this moment in time. Really do. I think Bernard. I think Dermot Connolly's, from what I've seen of him so far, is way off. Yeah, I suppose also, only in, in Dermot's defence. Like he came on, he played midfield up at, up in Oma, mm-hmm. so he didn't like he was more. He was getting a ball. He was taking a touch and spraying it round. He was more creative than than what we'd normally associate him at. You know, maybe centre forward, wing forward, and run and driving at defenders. Yeah, I, you know, from from the outside looking in, Bernard must be really disappointed that you know he's he's out of the picture. Didn't make the match day twenty six the last day, um, having worked tirelessly throughout the winter. Uh, young Sean Bugler from his own club has yeah. has got ahead of him. You know what? You know you have it's to ask. Stre- the I know it's a stretch. I'm just yeah. saying, like, is is that something like is Gavin is Gavin? planning that far ahead or is he you know is he looking at it and like if if it really is what's going on in training is there somebody going to jump out onto the page all there and finally and you're thinking well okay they've made the 26 but you know like that day Costello come on I mean yeah. there was absolutely no way you would think he's he's going to be in one of the six substitutions I, yeah I agree you with know? you listen if, if you're if the game is in the melting pot late on you're looking to the bench you know do you look to Sean Bugler potentially or Bernard Brogan I'd sooner know a man that's tried and tested, that's been Dublin's best forward over the last decade nearly, that you know that can score when it's when the chips are down and you need to pu- pull a score out of somewhere. He'll take far more mind than, 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 than Sean would if he makes the 26. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Bernard, you know, got into the 26. But I'm just concerned because he hasn't, you know, the only run he got was against Tyrone and that would leave me concerned that he's probably not part of Jim's plans and it's not uh, as if Jim does like emotion or, or yeah. romanticism yeah, or anything so you know it's not going to get in yeah he's not going to get in because of that he's not going to get in and say well, this could be Bernard's last game so let's give him five minutes that doesn't, doesn't seem to work like that certainly not you know, and, and, and you know as you said Jim Declan J.O. they don't do emotion lads they're here so, solely to win one game of football on Sunday and whoever they think is best positioned to do that be it Dermo, Bernard whoever it is Paddy Small they will have those fellas primed and ready to go on Sunday. And like and like you said, Dick, that is that is a nice luxurious position to to be in, I suppose. But it just like these games now that are going into eighty minutes, like they're going to be eighty plus minutes, and and it isn't just those fifteen guys. It's going to be like whoever is your 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 seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty guys that are going to. Like more often than not, they're the ones now that are going to dictate where this game finishes up, and and it's just going to be interesting. Yeah. I think that the impact of the Dublin bench isn't as devastating as it was five, six, seven years ago when, when McMenamin was just coming in and absolutely terrorising everybody. They're not at that level right now. But okay. I swear Kerry have those guys okay, that can but match if you look at if you look at the Kerry bench coming off, it's not as if we're bringing you know, real game changers off the bench either. You know, Dublin are still a good bit ahead in terms of their overall squad to, to Kerry. So they're still, yeah. they're still at an advantage, I think, in the subs. But from a Kerry point of view, I think what we want is us to start well 
and get a couple of maybe one or two of the Dublin fellas out of there early and, and force Jim to, 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 to make a few moves before he wants to and not to have all these options coming down the last 15, 20 minutes. You know, if you can reduce his options at that stage, maybe, you know, one or two backs have to come on because, you know, Kerry has started well and, you know, there's a few mits, mismatches. Then your evening, the, the field is small. But so, I mean, that's what, that's what Kerry are looking for. The other big aspect, I suppose, is that we haven't really touched on yet, and it, I know, and I know, it gets played out a lot every time Dublin are playing. But like Cluxton, Cluxton's kind I of. Thought you were off. No, no, see, see, <laughs> stay off the David Goff thing now. Like Fitzmaurice got enough trouble last week because of David Goff, and we all got guilty, or we're all guilty by association. But um, no, I mean, like, and I know it, it's it's boring because we say it every game, and it, it it's just it's. People, you know, find it like monotonous because oh, it's Cluxton. The, the guy, the guy is still guaranteeing them about seventeen out of twenty possessions at low water every game, um, and like it's going to be just fascinating again as Kerry have always tried to traditionally do, put pressure on that kick out, and how they do that will be interesting because we know on the other side of the ball. Dublin are going to push 12 bodies into the carry half and they're going to, you know, Shane Ryan's going to put down the tee and a rookie goalkeeper is going to be looking out at a sea of blue bodies in front of him trying to find a little pocket of space to find some green and gold jersey when really they just want you to pike it out the middle into that contest and Fenton or somebody comes over and cleans ball and like you're going to have about 40 kickouts the next day deck and like we're talking about the quality of both forwards like Kerry really need to maximise the number of possessions they get because we know Dublin are probably going to win more of Kerry's than Kerry are of Dublin's yeah but I mean for me I think over any game Kerry just have to face up to the fact that the ball is going to have to go to the middle I don't think uh, Shane Ryan is experienced enough with that type of pressure and that type of heat to be going short too often and it's you know it's a great position in many ways for Kerry to be from an individual point of view it's kind of mano v mano can we win secure possession in the middle of the field? And that's why I think having Tommy Welsh there drifting out there, having Jack Sherwood on the field along with Jack Barry, David Morn, all of a sudden then you're trying to match up with the Brian Howards, the, the, the Brian Fintons, the Michael Darras, James McCarthy's. And, and, and then you have to say, guys, we're going to have to compete and we're going to have to have that intensity around the ball. We're going to have to get numbers and, and bodies in around it and live and die by it. I think we're going to have to put the ball out because if we go short... Even if we do secure possession, Dublin have become so well at managing games. They'll just drift back, drift back, and it's it's going to be a long day if we're going to try if we're going to try you know run our way through the Dublin thirteen or fourteen bodies all day long. So I yeah. think Kerry are going to have to live and die by by going longer than usual. I hate to agree with you again, but yeah, I think. Shane Ryan is going to have to kick the ball along. You know they're going to have to put it out the middle third of the field and contest it. It might be, you know, I don't know if he has the kicking ability that Rory Began or Patton from Donegal have. You know they're very accurate with their long distance kicks. Don't know if Shane is quite in the same league as that, but I think they're going to have to go out, go down that way. You know, if it does go short, the risks are massive. You know when you think of the couple of guys that the goal getters that are in there. If it does break down there, you know you're in big big trouble. Uh, I think the ball is going to have to travel a distance especially uh, early on I think you, yeah. know, you know Dublin are going to be primed to go after yeah. Shane Ryan a, a, a rookie goalkeeper first all Ireland final they're, yeah. they're going to put the squeeze and I think that's that's good for Shane Ryan as well because yeah. there's no mix if, they're, if that's what they're talking about they'll be talking about it for two weeks there's no mixed messages for him he knows he's going it's going along the accuracy doesn't have to be what it was he doesn't have to be the, the, he doesn't have to be Cluxton because everybody's trying to be clucks and everybody's trying to be that keeper that can kick it into those wee two, three metre pockets and he doesn't have to be that. He's not under the pressure to be that and when he, when I've seen him, when he is under that pressure, it doesn't work for him and, and he's just not at that, he's not at that stage. That's not saying that he won't get to that stage but he's, he's still, he's still, as you say, a rookie and that may have, but that will help them. If if they if they've decided, listen, we're going long. If if they if they've decided on that, there's no mixed messages of Shane Ryan over the next. Like if it's, if there's something really simple on, they set down the ball. There's something really simple on. There's nobody there. But you can pop it. Otherwise, we're setting down and we're setting up and we're going long and we have a plan. And is no <laughs> the plan was that Mike Tyson when everyone has a plan they get punching them out. But like, didn't Mayo have a similar plan to start the second half? It just to, to be fair, in the whole game, they probably had the same idea with Rob Henley most of the time just piked the ball out towards Aidan Shea or somebody outside there. And eventually, in that first ten minutes of the second half, Dublin put up a steel curtain and every ball was just bouncing off the middle of the field and was going right back on top of Henley. Like if 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 Shane Ryan goes long in his first four or five kickouts deck, and Dublin score. 
one two off it and you're under pressure you can't keep piking the ball out the middle not the idea the thing is you want to retain possession so if you can get it out early and get it out safely to the guy of course you're going to take that option but Dublin won't give you that option I think and especially early on they're really going to hone in on that I think so to simplify everything for, for the goalkeeper number one and for the team in general put it up to them put the ball out there and you need to win possession you know you're not going to win everyone but at least your, your six backs are still in position even if you lose it out there you're still from a shape point of view and if you've hard working maybe Gavin White has one wing and Stephen O'Brien who's good to work as well you're still good shape you know Absolutely. maybe you concede a point but you're not conceding goals and I think if you're going short too often in that press you're going to concede goals I think I think there's possibility that they'll maybe get one you know the, the, the handy ones they might get one of yeah. them each half but they've got 28 or 9 <laughs> more to contest with. But but I, I like the Galway one. I like the Galway one that yeah. Galway did against against Kerry's cluster of players. Yeah. But if you notice that at the top of it, so on the defensive side, is two Galway players and two more Galway players here. So, as you say, Dak, in the worst case scenario, the ball breaks uh, down, Dublin get the ball. They have a cluster of players to get through. You make it a bit of a dogfight, a bit of a war in that sort of area. Worst case scenario, you give away a free kick, you slow them down, you get you get a body or two back, and you know, th- for me, you know, when I watched Galway, that was the reason why Galway beat Kerry two years ago in Crow Park because they were able to uh, not only g- get possession but limit Kerry whenever that they came to the ground with it. I mean, Kerry won a lot of those, yeah, but they got very little off them, you know. Absolutely, and and like I and I know we're maybe labouring the point now, but. Like I just think if we're if you're saying Dick, look, that we'll have six backs in six positions and we kick out the ball, I think that's a kind of a mentality that you know what, we we won't we're not gonna we're not gonna give the game away you know in that we have our shape and if we need, but I think for Kerry to win this game and it was a point Fitzmaurice made a couple of weeks ago here, like Dublin aren't going to lose this game like Kerry have to go and win it and and I just think if you don't if we're not at least trying to to get at least 60-70% of our own kickouts. Of course we're going to try in terms of winning breaks and all that, but if we're not going to guarantee ourselves that kind of possession, we're giving them an extra maybe eight possessions from our own kickouts you know, by piking it out the middle. I just think you're putting yourself under savage pressure. No, no, you're, not, you're not piking it out the middle, but you're, you're going long into certain zones where you have practiced to get bodies around there, get the right people in those areas, and then... Aside from that, then you're giving yourself another option maybe on the other side where you think, okay, maybe everybody thinks it's going this way, but we have a mismatch on the other side where, where we're looking for it. But you're going long. I think it's not giving the ball away, but you, you're going to have to go long because you could lose a game by going too short, I think. Of course. The, so. the other option is, is not a good option. It's like playing golf. It's it's You can lose it on a Thursday. You can't win it on a Thursday. And yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the way Kerry have to look at it, especially early on. I agree with you 100% that they have to go after the game. There's certain areas they're going to have to, certain chances they're going to have to take. 100%. But that, that kick, that, that kicker thing, you know, trying to put it into pockets around the 45 oh, give yeah. you nightmares. Like, like you, know? you have to be there to, to try win the game at the end. And yeah. that's it. Like Dublin are a fantastic team real you know hot favourites or whatever but they're not robots either so you have to try build the pressure and build the pressure and build the pressure and then be there in a position where you can if the opportunity presents itself or you have to make the opportunities present themselves at the end to, to go and win the game but mm-hmm. as, as Ocean said you know you'd want to be throwing the game out of, out of, out of the fire and, and like it minutes. is it is and Kerry are probably going to do the same thing against Cluxton you'd imagine Dublin are going to play that, that zone where they have their 12 bodies and they're covering those pockets of space and, and, and any team playing against the zone the thing is about like you, you mentioned about Galway which is basically overloading one side yep. of the zone and, yeah. and, and if you're outnumbering if, if Dublin have three or four bodies in that section and Kerry can get five or whatever you're, you're outnumbering them in that area and that's the area you're trying to put the ball but it's going to be I, I think what Kerry do to Cluxton and I know he gets it away really quick and, and they have a better setup. but it's going to be really interesting to see what Kerry try to do to try and slow down that Dublin kick out and, and at least force Cluxton to put a couple up for grabs Yeah you know the experience that, that Cluxton brings whatever 105 you know, caps, they're going to have to put a squeeze on him. I, I think, you know, by pushing so many bodies forward, be it, you know, an extra two wing backs to clog up a bit of space out there, I think that's the only, that would be the logical way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And then you can win any breaking ball and then you're, you're, on, the, you're on the front, front f- foot from there. Um, they have the scoring threats inside, but you need to win primary possession out the middle third of the field. And by putting Clucko under pressure, by making them 
force a kick it long well then you know you're putting the ball up for grabs and that's where the carry lads might make hay if they do dominate and win prime possession there I think it's you know it has worked in the past and it goes, it goes back to your point Mike that's where Kerry go try win the game mm-hmm. that's where they're trying to force the issue a bit and by pushing up but that's going back to our original point about the backs that's where the backs then have to stand up and say I'm here marking my man oceans of space because everybody's pushed up and that's where you need uh, the real good disciplined individual defending just to bail you out if, if, if Cluxon goes long and is successful and then you know you've dubs running into space and there's overlaps happening that's, that's the danger there obviously and, and traditionally, Kerry have always done, you know, done well on, on Cluxton, or, or relatively well compared with other teams. And it's just going to be another one that you're, you're going to see that part of the game, like these set plays where you're going to have about 40 kickouts from both teams. And it, like, it, like this is where I think the likes of Donny Buckley or, or you know, J.O. are going to come to the fore. And, and like guys with a little bit of, you know, basketball kind of head in their shoulders. When, when you see a zone and the different things that they're going to try to do to exploit it, I think it'll be a nice little, you know, aside from... from uh, from everything else that's going on, uh, Oshin, you had a, you had a, you were interested. Just you were, you weren't here the last day about the, when Emma Fitzmaurice lit a fire, and we're not going to spend, we're not going to spend long talking about him now because I don't think it's, it's an issue that's really going to have a huge impact on the game. But the, you, you had a, a thing about golf. No, I just, the only thing I had about golf was was wondering wh- exactly why Kerry had such a problem with him. That was the first thing, and why it was an orchestrated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, yeah. I I have to say uh, I'm I'm managing team in in Meath and and I've seen uh, golf and he genuinely is a really good referee. I watched him refereeing at the weekend as well, um, and he will be fit for this weekend because he took it really easy. He didn't, cover, <laughs> he didn't cover a lot of ground the weekend, but he was exceptional in the way that he refereed the game. Uh, he, he's as close lads as as we got to. The way McEnany used to referee games, he, he he lets it go, you know, when it's when it's down to let go. But I know exactly the reason why Kerry people have a problem with him, and that is the shoulder and the chest. From uh, I'm not, I don't have any idea what year it was, but I remember uh, a free kick that he didn't give, and and Peter the, Crowley, yeah, yeah, they didn't want to back up the field. Um, but I suppose the reason why you know I wanted to mention golf is that. Uh, I actually think that he will that he will suit Kerry in, in a roundabout sort of way, and I think what you have done and putting a bit of pressure on him. See, um, so this, you see, uh, will 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 work, definitely work in your favour. He's a human being. He 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 know that he's been, he's under serious scrutiny because of it. But I yeah, look. At- yeah, see, don't you're 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 he's not under any scrutiny. He's under scrutiny. Of course, he's everybody's under scrutiny because they're well, playing not an iron final. final yeah. But like the guy, I I think the guy. Allows a bit more physicality, which I, I yep. think is going to be is going to make for a game. And, and nothing. I'm not talking about the, the dirty yeah. stuff. Or, or I'm talking about a game with hard hits and and real robust stuff. That like when you have two footballing teams here, like Kerry and Dublin, you don't want somebody that's going to be picking for every every kind of uh, small thing. I don't think Kerry want that, or, or Dublin certainly don't want that. And I think that physicality and and the way he'll kind of let that go, I think should add to. You know what, what we're hoping is going to be a pretty good spectacle. Yeah, look, I, I agree with Ocean. I think David Goff is a really good uh, referee, and uh, look, it was blown out of proportion, obviously, the last day, uh, what was being said. But um, he just has a real good feel for the game, and as you say, I think he has that. You know, football has gone a bit where you know players are looking for frees, or sometimes they can be trying to orchestrate a free, and he seems to be on top of that type of stuff. And as you say, Mike, he leaves a bit of physicality go. He leaves a bit of what you want to see in an Ireland final day you want to see that bit of passion coming out you want to see that bit of intensity there so I think he's a good feel for the game uh, I wouldn't have any concerns really yeah I'm <laughs> I'm with you guys like, I, just because he's working in Dublin I don't think that's going to you know harbour any of his, uh, his decisions come Sunday as you said he's going to be on the spotlight um, the Sunday game will obviously go through every decision that he makes with a fine tooth comb and he's going to do it to the best of his ability if he's a uh, if he's making wrong calls, you know, just because he's where he works and where he's, li- you know, where he's living, I think it's, you know, I think it's wrong. Uh, I think he's probably the best referee in the country at the moment, and you know, it's a huge day for him as well. I mean, yeah, his family yeah. are involved with yeah. him as well in in, in, yeah. in the, the whole day as well. So he's going to be there and trying to do his best. He'll, he'll co- that goes without question. He'll, he'll get decisions wrong as well, Jackie. Of course, no, of course. He's, he's human, but you know, I, I think you know the little bit of pressure he's been put on. You know, maybe he might. 
there might be an airing towards a, a handy old free here or there for him because of that. Well, um, if the alternative is Morris Deegan, we could be sitting there watching seventy free kicks in a yeah. match. Like, and nobody wants to. Nobody wants. Nobody yeah, wants that. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's why. That's why I think you know the more we get the lakes of golf. It doesn't have to be golf all in, but we get the lakes of golf and the way he referees the game, the better our games are going to be and the more attractive they're going to be to watch. I mean, nobody wants to watch what's going on against uh, Kerry and Throne. Nobody yep. wants to watch that. Like. Absolutely. Like the 80,000, 82,000 spectators are going to go in on Sunday. You know, they want to see a, a bit of good, hard-hitting Oshin. Like that's, the, that's the bottom line. You know, it's a physical contact sport. Uh, yeah, fellas want to, you know, see a few big hits going in. And that's what I'm expecting on Sunday. The Kerry lads are going to come out of traps good and early. They're going to try and rough up Dublin like they did uh, in the National League game. Um, that's what we all want to see. And let the best team win after that. Freeze being blown every couple of minutes is not what anybody wants to see. Um, I'd be certainly... Uh, in Dec- uh, David Goff's corner I think he's, he's the best man equipped to do the job and let him go out and do his job on Sunday no, I, like, the, the only thing with that Oshin that like blew up the whole thing like they're probably on Twitter right now <laughs> <laughs> you know like uh, it's just funny how it exploded I, I, like I was talking to Fitzy I played golf with Fitzy last Friday like and he was just kind of you know he couldn't believe the thing how, how, how it exploded as well but like Goff like, and the, the, I, I think the key point that was probably missed with the whole thing is Goff isn't going to determine the winners of the game. Like, no. like the guys that are going to determine who wins the game will be running out of under the Hogan stand. They're the, they're the players and the management on both sides. And and like no matter how many times, like that shoulder often gets brought up, Oshin, about that collision with Peter Crowley and the free end. And of course that would have had an impact there. But like how many mistakes do players make over the course of an 80-minute game? And like one, one hand pass that's a turnover could have led to a score the same as that free being called to give a free. Yeah. And so like I, I just, I, in these things, like it's, it's better to just like not even know who the referee is, get on with it and just, and just play the game. And like thankfully that should be, you know, besides yeah, you, trying to, besides no, you trying to reignite well, just, a fire there. Well, the, well, funny when you mention golf, there's no better place to orchestrate a campaign than on the golf course. A four ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, I was, I was. We were saying outside. There's a uh, the 2009 Ireland winning team. Kerry is, uh, is there, there's an event on the on the Saturday in Croke Park, a GPA thing, and Darren O'Sullivan, who was the captain that year, the, the, that Kerry team is is is. I think it's 99 2009. Is it all the every ten years? Yeah. yeah, and. Um, Darren O'Sullivan actually last week just set up a WhatsApp group for all the players that were on that panel. It is the quietest WhatsApp group I have ever seen. <laughs> there is nobody. Two people left the group and no, nothing else has been said in the entire group. It's just every fellow is afraid. I'd say that someone will take a snap of it and, and move on. Oh, yeah. uh, listen, I, I just want to thank O'Sheen and Declan and Ray for, for making the journey down. And uh, thank you for listening. And um, we'll talk to you soon. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.